Welcome to Sonic Tonic Experience. My name is Darren Kramer. This week's guest is jazz trumpeter Gabriel Mervine. So that's our tonic of the day. I'm drinking Old Soul. He's going to share some different wines that he likes. And in case you're new to the show, this is what Sonic Tonic is all about. Basically feeling good and being in the moment and doing the things you love. Thanks for being here. Everybody, please welcome Gabe Mervine, chiming in from downtown Denver. Yes, I'm sir. North. I'm up by Westminster, so we're about 12 miles apart. Yeah. But um, awesome you're here. Thanks for spending the time. No, it's nice to be here and nice to be collaborating on some music and just uh, collaborating in conversation, too. Yeah. Um, so let's um welcome everyone we decided to go with red wine today for sonic tonic so uh here's to you cheers clink yeah i should probably get some sound effects i was uh-huh. just thinking that <laughs> <laughs> so what are you drinking then um well right now i'm drinking this nice tempranillo um i actually have a friend over at appaloosa and I, you know, I worked there. It's a bar downtown um, quite a bit playing music. And he went at the beginning of quarantine, kind of sent me a list of, actually, I asked him, I said, can you send me all the affordable bottles, like under 20 bucks that you really like? And he sent me a list of like 11 different bottles, all under $15. So I just, I went to Applejack and I bought one of each. And um, so I've been doing a lot of sampling. Some of my favorites were this H3 Cabernet. Hold it up closer. H3 Cab, like said, okay. All under 15 bucks. I've been really enjoying that. Um, but also, not to go into, too deep into it, but I also, during this quarantine, I've stopped by Nocturne a couple times. And this has been my favorite from there, this little Grenache. And nice. uh, Scott and Nicole are, are really well-versed on, on good wines. And so I've been going in there. And uh, the third source of my liquor consumption this quarantine has been from Dirty and Rowdy Wines, which trumpeter Eric Bloom from Benny and Zoidis Selections runs this little thing. And it was actually pretty cool. We did like a, I did a Zoom call just like this, but it was a virtual wine tasting with live music. And so everyone's at their perspective homes and one person plays some music, another person talks about wine and where it's from and different grapes. And uh, so I've been kind of digging on the red wine this last couple months. It's, it's an awesome thing, isn't it? And what, what is it um, like diving right in? We're going to get to um, some really cool music that we just played together yesterday for my funky Friday. Um, and we'll talk about that and a little bit about freelance life, being a freelance jazz musician, what that entails, and now the this new kind of twist that's happened in the last three months. Um, but since we're on the wine thing, yeah, so what is it? Uh, when I asked Gabe, uh, what did he want to um, talk about with the what drink this week? And he said pretty much he's only doing wine and tequila these days. So what is it about wine that you actually really love? I mean, there's a number of things. Um, one is just how smooth it is. And I, I like being able to like drink something slowly and have it remain equally as delicious. You know, when a beer is changing temperature, sometimes I don't enjoy the flavor as much when it's room temp as when I first started drinking it. Wine seems to remain good like for a whole set as I visit and come back and kind of same thing with tequila. And prior to that, I was really into different scotches. Yeah. The same thing. You can kind of just let it sit. 
drink it at your own pace. Scotch, tequila, wine. Also, I can like throw the cork back in or put a little sealer on it or whatever those are called and then come back to it the next day. I don't want to waste anything. And it's nice to be able to open up a bottle, have a little bit, cork it, and then, and then resume the next day without feeling the pressure to finish a whole bottle. So right. I, I agree 100%. That's the big thing about, yeah, whiskeys and, um, and just drinking stuff straight, that room temperature. Yeah. It's always the same. And, and there's no ice either to dilute it. So every time you take a sip, it's like it, just like it was. You know. In fact, I'm going to do it yeah. now. Yeah, and like I said, for for people like us, I also think we're in the brass family. Um, I've even like the, my friend Maddie from uh, Appaloosa. We've even talked about like because some wines you drink and they like dry you out, and then you want that juicy steak or whatever pairs well with it. But for me, a lot of the time I'm drinking like you know during a set, having a sip here and a sip there, and so like I want something that's like more fruit forward, a little more sweet to keep my like the enough saliva to keep playing you know so i've even like there's there's music and wine pairings for sure it's not just it's not just food and wine yeah that's a great great point man and yeah um do you find what about the flavor or you know because some people with coffee or with beer you know ipa beers and stuff they just don't like the overall flavor and yeah and I did a sonic tonic on that. The bass is the bass, meaning the bass is the most important instrument in any band. And really, the main ingredient is something is is the most important and the most forward, right? So if you actually don't like grapes or you don't like an alcohol taste, you're probably not going to like wine. Yeah. But, but what do you like about it? The actual flavor, the details of it? Yeah, I mean, I like things that are a little bit sweet. And a little bit tart and that like totally describes a lot of what you know some like pinot noir wine that i drink um and and also kind of you know talking about like scotch or tequila too i mean it's a totally different flavor profile but also it's like there's a sweetness there but it's not too sweet that's why when you asked me about doing the sonic tonic thing i was like oh man when was the last time i ordered a cocktail like a mixed drink because I'm not like a sweets guy, really. Like I kind of like like an intense flavor. Like you brought up coffee and I pretty much, I'm an espresso guy. I like that like well, gritty. <laughs> yeah, man. Grit and pungent, right? I mean, and, and um, strong. It's kind of, it's kind of aggressive. But then as, after you swallow it, then it gets, there's all these subtle things that kind of take shape, you know, and each bottle or each brand is slightly different, which is cool, right? Yeah, and I love, like, the, the diff couple people I talked about, like, you know, talking wine at Nocturne or at Appaloosa or with Eric Bloom, and, you know, they're as passionate about wine as we get about music. And, and I mean, that's one of just, that's something that excites me in life, regardless of what someone's talking about. Sometimes even if I have no idea. Like, one of my old roommates was a uh, mechanical engineer, did really crazy engineering stuff. And we used to hang and I would try and describe music theory to him. And he's just, you know, and then I'm trying to, he's trying to describe engineering the mathematical problems. He's doing pages and pages and pages of notes, very few numbers on there. And I'm so confused, but I'm also really just enjoying the fact that someone's like so passionate about something kind of regardless of what it is, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's an interesting point because all of this, jazz community in Colorado here. Uh, it's pretty tight knit, very cool. Um, and um, it makes me think of, yeah, Sam Williams, our friend, sax player. He's a real coffee aficionado and he imports beans and then actually roasts them. And I know yep. you were talking about doing that. Have you actually roasted yet? <laughs> I've been trying. <laughs> you, you got know, them in your little uh, toaster? <laughs> I, I'm looking over in my kitchen right now because i actually bought this little like when you smoke or when you roast coffee beans the amount of smoke that comes out of them is like so for about three weeks i was doing it in my kitchen i'd have to unplug all the fire alarms or smoke detectors sorry and and do this and my whole place would be like this murky smoky mess for like the half of the day you know and then i was reading these articles about how like actually that smoke isn't that good to inhale so i bought this little outdoor 
basically like a one stove unit or whatever that's electrical. And I've been roasting them in my backyard, just in a pan. I turn them and like, it's a fun activity to kind of mess around with. And, and you're right. Yeah. I just like import them. I like buy them online. They show up at my doorstep and it's like crazy how inexpensive these like really nice beans are. And, uh, it's kind of a fun process to mess around with, especially with, uh, some of the free time, especially when this quarantine first started, it was like, there's nothing going on. There's nothing to do. So what can we do to pass the time? Garden clean. I'm not going to do that. So <laughs> I mean, let's I not got, be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, uh, rearranged the furniture. No. Um, so yeah, I just, I kind of been messing around with roasting some coffee beans. That's that's awesome, man. I mean, there's so many correlations between that's why I started the sonic tonic is thinking all these details and sort of passions and go, and going deeper about coffee or wine or food. You know, my sister Dawn, great trumpet player, and she yeah. she's way into cooking and everything she cooks. Amazing. Awesome. Yes, you have so it, right? good. So um, good. The desserts, but also she just, you know, made like uh different soups recently and um any breakfast thing she makes it's just all incredible and i think being a musician and, and detail oriented it it carries over into other areas of your life so i think that's why music education is important and it, um, it totally that's a great point you know and i think about that a lot actually and how whatever you want to call it attention to detail obsessive obsessive compulsive whatever you fall on that spectrum but yes you're totally correct the ability to kind of hopefully just temporarily put the blinders on and really focus on a single activity or a single scale or a single piece of music or a single recipe or whatever it might be is kind of what draw maybe drew us to the arts in the first place and what makes that commonality between like cooking and any kind of these detail-oriented studies, you know, it's like when we're into something, we're into something for better, for worse. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of power in that too, because um, you, you discover more details about it as you go deep, which is what this is all about. So um, yeah. that being said, when we first started um, today, uh, you were listening to a little bit of this brand new song I wrote called Cryptnotic which is sort of this mysterious um, hypnotic groove that I centered this whole song around is the kick drum and the snare and real pure, real kind of basic, but then these subtle nuances with the rhythm of the kick drum versus the snare. And um, it grew into the song and I thought how perfect to have Gabe play on it. Um, and so we just debuted it yesterday. And um, so you were listening to a little bit of that. Let's listen to this section that I really like right here for a second, and then we'll have Gabe um, kind of tell us what he was thinking. So here's a segment of Cryptnotic, brand new tune.
Yeah. So I just love the way that sounds. There's so many um, fluctuations in volume and textures of sounds and everything. And so um, Gabe had never heard this tune. I just said, play over this thing and let's see what happens. So Gabe, tell us kind of what you're thinking, if you can recall what you were thinking when there's that sort of soft area that we first started with, and then it gets into that real kind of louder, aggressive part. What's going through your mind as a, as a jazz musician? Um, you know, especially in the past couple of months, learning to incorporate what we do artistically into this new huge shift of like not playing live and, and, uh, recording music remotely to play with people. It's something that's totally new to me. And one of the things I miss the most is like the sort of spontaneity of, of just like, let's go. Like you hear, play what you hear, figure it out. So when, when you sent me this track specifically, I can't remember what was worded in the email, but it was kind of like, just here's the key and just like go. And so I didn't do a practice run. Um, that's not true for all the pieces I've been recording and doing. Um, but this piece, I kind of just, I'm not even sure I remembered it, that it was a flat Phrygian or whatever. I think I just started playing along and I was just trying to picture myself like on stage at one of your gigs playing a new tune. And so I was doing my best to just keep my ears open close my eyes and respond to what I was hearing and try and picture it in the most musical context I could. That I got to stop you right there. That is so spot on. That's how I think too. I mean, cool. um, good point. We, we need to have a sip of wine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know what I found by even doing Sonic Tonic is as we're doing that, I was going to respond to what you were saying. And typically when you're at a party or or just watching TV or something, you're doing this, you're not thinking about what you're eating or drinking either. So now when I'm on this thing and I'm talking about something and then I say, hey everyone, let's have a little sip. And normally I'd yeah. go, okay, so now, you know, and did I even enjoy it? So there, <laughs> there is a thing of going, let's hold on a second, let's take a breath. Yeah. And go, man, that is so berry. And it's right in the <laughs> middle of my tongue. It's just like, Super strong and feels awesome. Yeah. And I think that's gotten lost a little bit in the last 10 years, you know, of society. And I think it's neat to, for us to all to kind of go, man, what do I have right now? And can I enjoy it? Can I be grateful? Yeah. And what you said about, I give you a tune, which by the way, I recorded live. I mean, I created it as a living creature, and then I give it yeah. to you. And when you listen to it, whether I'm sitting next to you or you're listening to it, you could still treat it that it's happening in the moment. And if you hear a random cymbal splash, then you can respond to that. And so that's why play-alongs are still in some area, you know what, half of it is live, maybe three-quarters of it. The the 25% of kind of thinking live musicians played that. And then yeah. you're half of the equation when you're playing with it, right? Totally. It's a it's a neat concept, but you that's why I, I think it's interesting to talk about because you are thinking about that. You're not just playing randomly like, oh, I play the trumpet, let me just go. You're actually going, oh, let me listen and respond, right? Yeah. Um, so if everyone's not familiar, the sound that you were hearing of the trumpet is that real Miles Davis kind of, really, he kind of created that as sort of his sound, and that's a Harmon mute. And so, Gabe, why don't you just play a little bit of trumpet? Let's hear the natural trumpet sound. Play, yeah. play a little, play in that. E, e major scale, G sharp Phrygian, that's, that's what it, it is, basically seven yeah. tones. Let's hear a little bit. Yeah. Love it, man. That's one of the thing everybody in Denver that knows Gabe 
that's what we all love about your your playing is I think a lot of people think trumpet is kind of this strident, loud, obnoxious <laughs> instrument, and you and and actually my sister, who we all play together quite a bit, both of you have this like real mellowness and beauty to the sound, and it depends on who's playing it. <laughs> it's not the yeah. instrument. So you think about that a lot. I've really been thinking about it a lot lately too. Uh, but I always think, I can't remember who said this to me, but they, they said, play the room. You know, uh, every time you walk into a different acoustical setting, um, that becomes part of your instrument. It doesn't end here, it ends with what it's reverberating around. And so I play differently when I'm on a big band gig versus a small group jazz gig versus where we are right now, which is like uh, picking, picking this uh, right now, we're just on my microphone on my phone. So if I play anything above like a mezzo forte to a, even a, even a mezzo forte could, depending on the range, uh, override the microphone or over drive the microphone. So I'm really trying to focus on exactly what you're talking about, sound, projection, and, and, and warmth of the tone at a, at a quieter dynamic. That, and that's honestly what I love about acoustic jazz is that, yeah, yeah, especially with great players that are real mindful of the of their environment, um, but also recording, because then it's this controlled thing where you can create this vibe. So if anyone was paying attention in that tune, um, when whether we opened up the show with, is it's like, man, um, there's a real nuance and, and vibe going on, and it's really about that reverb. Uh, we yeah. both discussed that and thought, yeah, that's a cool thing, this big kind of cavernous um, space that you can create. It's, you play differently when you're hearing that. Um, and, and the other sound was what I'm saying, this Miles Davis um, kind of typical uh, sound that people relate to jazz trumpet, which is a Harmon mute. So, Gabe, you want to show them a little bit of that? Yeah, sure. It's always nice to, to gain an, a different timbre. Um, because it kind of makes you improvise in a different way, changes your voice a little bit, you know. It's great. Can you point like a completely different direction oh yeah yeah like face away from this turn sideways and let's hear how yeah. different that sounds it's so interesting because i don't know if other people are hearing this but i kind of hear more of the buzz of the mute even when you turn sideways so you're farther from the mic of the of the phone but it's really yeah. kind of buzzing crazy i mean it's a cool um cool effect yeah i've noticed that the last record i did nope the the record before the last one um i think it was called things with like gonzalo tepa and eric gunnison and alwyn on drums I remember noticing that we were playing some little sketch of a piece that I wrote and just kind of grooving over it to see what it might become in the studio. And I was like, wanted to come in really quietly, but I didn't know if I had the control here. So I started away from, and I was playing with the mute. I started away from the microphone and I worked my way towards the microphone. And this phase effect kind of came in where like you could hear the buzz, but not the tone. And then the tone came in and I was like, wow, uh, another revelation i thought about it prior to that but you know the microphone is part of our instrument too at that point especially yeah. in the recording studio or playing with a funk band a louder band um this instrument doesn't end right here like i said that microphone is also part of what we do and i'm sure you've noticed proximity matters you get a lot of the low end of the sound when the microphone is really close to the bell when the microphone is further away, we get a lot of those higher overtones. So depending on what kind of trumpet sound you're trying to record uh, there's or trying to play live, there's ways you can man manipulate it with the, the microphone itself. You know, it's like, just like, what were we talking about, detail-oriented? Yep. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's heavy, right? And at that point, you're thinking about the end product. This is a really yeah. cool concept. You're thinking about the end product and not so much about 
wait, I have to finger this note this way on the trumpet. You're not thinking about the rhythm that you're playing. Although all yeah. those are happening at the same time also, which is, that's why music actually is quite complicated and difficult and why you have to, if you really want to get to a high level of um, expressive creativity, you have to basically spend your life doing it because there's all of that going on and you're thinking about how is the sound ending up in the room and not about, wait, I'm, I'm on the third bar of um, Cherokee, right? <laughs> when what's the yeah, chord? Yeah, you know. I've uh, I've been teaching a lot more this past I don't know six to eight months, but definitely more the past couple months. And I I explain that to young students using the analogy of you know uh, studying a foreign language. You know when their teachers talk about studying French or Spanish, they say the end goal would be to become fluent in that language. Basically conveying that when I'm talking to you, I'm not having to think about every word. I'm able to think about a concept that I'm trying to explain. Each word isn't having to be solidified and figured out and ordered and conjugated in my brain before I send it to you. And I, I compare that to improvisation or playing our instrument. And that's why like the concept of playing fundamentals and playing your instrument for a certain amount of time to get to the point where you don't have to think about this anymore. You can think about the end goal, whether that's playing a great solo on Cherokee or getting the greatest sound for this track you're recording or reaching the audience in a way you have to be able to not think about scales and chords. To so do that, you know. that's so right on. And it correlates exactly with a great bartender and a great chef. At some yeah. point, they've done it so much. They just go, hey, make me the best pumpkin bread you can. They don't go and look up their recipe. They go oh, I'm going to do this. And then they even take that creative choice and that chance and go, but maybe I'll put this extra little spice in here that I've been experimenting with for the last two yeah. weeks. And all of a sudden it turns into that, this awesome new thing, but they didn't, they weren't having to just read it. So just reading music um, can actually be a little bit limiting, right? Yeah. Well, and, and as long as we have this end goal in mind, this concept of fluidity and transcending the instrument or transcending the notes on the page or the notes up here to becoming something more than just the sum of its parts, I guess, if that makes sense, you know? That's so, yeah, that's so what this is about. So this is a good place to really point out. Gabe is right in downtown Denver. Um, he's doing live um, lessons um, on Zoom, right? Yeah, Zoom, FaceTime, whatever, you know, we're just making it work. Make it work, and um, super knowledgeable guy, man. He is, lives, eats, and breathes trumpet and jazz. And if you're looking to kind of uh, take the next step, get, get a little more um, knowledge about uh, how to play jazz, how to play music, how to play trumpet, reach out to him. Um, and what's the best way they can get in touch with you? Um, you know, I try and stay as active as I can on any, like I do Facebook and Instagram and that's an easy way to get a hold of me. I also just have a website, gabrielmervine.com with an easy page to send in your information and I'll get right back to you because I, uh, this feeds my soul too. Just, yeah. just getting to talk music, play music, share, share art and share the love of this because it's, um, it's always important, but you know, at a time like this, it's like exceedingly important to share, share this art form or any art form, not just music, but, or not just jazz, but any kind of music. I, I, uh, you know, I really feel like in every song, there's a history lesson in every song we study, whether it's from Charles Mingus to, to Beethoven to Bach, you can't help but have a history lesson enveloped in the study. Not just history, it's like culture and everything is embedded in the history of music. So it's so cool. We get to be quasi-historians just by being musicians. You know, it's, it's all tied together. It's a, Great. It, it's a fun thing, but it's also kind of a responsibility, right? I mean, so you take yeah. it. All the, all the musicians I know that have been doing this for 20 plus years um, kind of have that underwritten like mentality this subconscious thing where it's kind of like man i'm only part of the whole um yeah and, and you're trying to give the respect to the people that have come before you and keep the tradition while sort of creating your own um 
take on it. And um, that's yeah. what I think we all love about jazz, right? It's it's every time you play, you have that opportunity to create something new, but you're using, you're standing on the shoulders of people before you. It's it's so cool. Yeah, and and definitely part of what you're talking about. We have a we have a role to look back and honor the past and the trajectory of this music, and we also have a a job and a role to keep it moving forward. And sometimes that line, we go back and forth, you know, sometimes I'm like, man, I'm playing so much of other people's music. I should be doing more of my own. And then I end up doing a bunch of my own and I feel like I lose my roots a little bit. And, and uh, the goal is to, I guess it, it constantly changes throughout our lives, but yeah, it's, it's a direct connection to all this history. It's so cool. Gabe Mervine in Denver playing electric trumpet on my tune, Turbulent Altercation. How many CDs do you have that you've recorded um, of your yeah, music? Yeah, under my own name, I, I've done four. And and how, people just go to gabrielmervine.com to find that too? Yep, um, they're there for digital download, and you can also... Uh, get a physical one if, if you'd like. I definitely, I didn't print my latest record, but I'm planning on printing a few. But it's like, you know, I, I don't, the CD player is gone. You know, I don't know a lot of people with them anymore. Um, so I'm trying to make the move to digital. And if you see me on a gig or if you come hear me live sometime, just ask, I usually have them on me too. So happy to share the music. My impression is you get up, you start, playing a little bit you warm up you play with some play-alongs you might practice some classical etude stuff and then um before you know it it's late afternoon and you're kind of heading out somewhere to go sit in i mean to sit in with people you know and people you don't know you're just playing all the time uh yeah this this quarantine has has given me some time to like really think about that but yes you're totally correct for the last like at least decade i've been pretty much practicing every day and if i don't have a gig that night i go out and sit in and if i do have a gig that night and it's short i go sit in after or whatever you know um but i've taken a lot of uh advice or followed i've been trying to not intentionally but just following the footsteps of the people that have inspired me you know i have these memories of like Every time I would go out on tour with the Motet to New York, we'd play this place called Brooklyn Bowl, and it, the shows would end early, and I'd always take the train in and go to Smalls. Yeah. And I'm telling you, every freaking time I went there, Roy Hargrove was there. This is a dude who's at the top of the modern trumpet game, and he's hanging at the nightly jam sessions all night, every night, um, just running tunes and running changes and not being rude being respectful, listening to other people play. If someone doesn't know the tune, he'll just, I just, I'd, I'd see him do this to a piano player who didn't know the changes. And then after he finishes his solo, he shows him the changes real quick, boom, you know? And uh, uh, not just trumpeters, but another person that comes to mind is Wynton Marsalis. How it's just like, when I look at his discography, it's like some years he released three albums, you know? And not all, and especially someone like Wynton, he's like a humanitarian as well. And, and it's like that stuff doesn't happen just randomly. This, this stuff happens from uh, the, the amount of dedication they put into their art form. And you can see it, you can hear it. And uh, now that I'm in my getting up to, you know, coming up on my mid thirties here, I also feel myself wanting to be a good example for the people who are just coming onto the scene. 
and like let them know like oh that's what it takes you know you got to put in some time every day and listen to records and also go out and sit in with people and learn tunes and and be cool man <laughs> that's worth a toast <laughs> well said I, you got to get that sound effect again clink yeah that reminds me of like i don't know is it like howard stern or any of those radio shows where they have the guy on the sound effects yes man the point i, I want to stress about that is yes just be nice be a giver not a taker and yeah. do what you love um what when you're I, i've been on gigs with you which you're saying they end early everyone should know gabe's early is a different thing than others mm -hmm. so a, a gig ending early is 10 and then oh wow okay and then then gabe's like throwing his horn in his case and dashing out and he's like well i'm trying to make this thing up in um outside of town for this you know other jam session or to sit in with another band do another gig till one uh, yeah when you're on your way to go do that what is going through your mind i mean there's a number of reasons i like to look at it as just a holistic i love music and i love being around it and i love variety i love playing all different kinds of music so maybe we just got done with a big band gig or a temptations gig or a wedding gig and i want to go play some funky music or i want to go play some small group jazz um but also from the other aspect of it, and like I, like I said, I, I just really enjoy doing this. I couldn't put this much time into it if I didn't really just enjoy it. But there's also an aspect of be seen, be heard, be on the scene, you know? And I don't think of myself as somebody who's like narcissistic in that way and trying to just get something or whatever. So self-absorbed, mainly I want to keep being able to do this for a living. And one of the things that's enabled me to do that is, um, to be proficient at my instrument in enough different categories that I'm allowed to, I can make a living playing gigs most nights. So I gotta, like you brought up earlier, I gotta have my classical stuff together because I did some shows with Boulder Philharmonic and Colorado Symphony for the first time last year. But also playing like funk music and being able to play some high note trumpet and have a decent tone for small group stuff. If I can have all that together, it's like, cool. I know I don't have to turn down a gig because I can't do something and I know people will want to call me because they know I can. Yeah. You know? And um, by the way, you've seen me put up a few times with tips. Um, if you can spare even a couple of bucks, um, no limit, $1 to $100 um, to help Gabe. This has been a really tough three months. Uh, someone like him who's out there doing it, playing among the people, for the people, and then something like this just shuts it down. And we've all felt yeah. it really heavy. And um, so just paying rent, paying bills, this is our income. This is the way we live. And people might yeah. think, well, you're kind of doing that fun little thing. And I, I hope a, 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 an interview like this sort of broadens people's minds a little bit and go, to play like Gabe does, I, don't, I honestly don't believe it's possible to play once a week for five years. Um, it, you just can't do it. This is right. a sophisticated language that you have to assimilate music, like written notes, but also the, the um, trumpet playing the brass instrument. It's so physical. You have to play it every day. You have to do your calisthenics. It's about strength and flexibility. And um, someone like Gabe is at the top of his game. And when you hear him on a gig, and go, man, how do you do that? The answer is he plays every day and he's thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. So how do you keep the yeah. motivation going? You just love it? Um, I do. Honestly, I've been thinking about that a lot during this quarantine because one of the things I miss most is just like going to the symphony. I was really getting into going to the opera or like ballet. The composer thing has just been really astonishing me lately, the concept of of all that sort of answer your question I, I i think first and foremost i'm just a music lover yeah like i like to go out and maybe that pertains to the last question you asked me too about why do i leave the gig and go to someone else's gig to sit in or just listen i like being around music it makes me feel comfortable you know um <laughs> but uh how do i stay motivated during this time it was um finding 
kind of going back to myself as a young like middle schooler and early high school when I'd like get home from school and just open up my like trumpet etude books whatever I might have and just start playing through and I play for 20 or 30 minutes and then my chops would get tired and I put it down and come back to it 30 or 40 minutes later um that's mainly what I was doing you know between the ages of 12 to 15 or 16 by then I started playing music with people outside of school but before then it was like you played music at home or you played in band yeah and uh so I kind of had this revelation at the beginning of the quarantine thing like I'm just gonna go through an etude book every night I'll just play through it'll be fun you know drive my neighbors insane <laughs> but I'll just go through and play and uh like that's sort of how I got into the wine thing too I was like man I want to just sip on this and just play through till till I'm done you know, and um, like I said, it becomes, especially with like Bach, I was playing a bunch of Bach stuff and it's just so musical, you know, and it's just arpeggios and like these perfectly written scalar and arpeggiated patterns. And it has direct application to the improvisation thing, but also getting back to just like me and this. And, and that was sort of how I, to answer your question, that's sort of how I stayed motivated, at least for the first month. And also like you brought up earlier, a few weeks into it, when we realized we were going to be in this for a while, uh, there were a couple of online recording possibilities. You know, people needed a little something for this or whatever. And, and uh, so I was recording a couple tracks here and there. Um, and that was motivation enough to just keep me going, you know. Yeah. And and challenging. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's right. kind of the spice of life. You're at such a good point. Like classical versus reggae versus funk versus uh, straight ahead jazz versus big band jazz versus salsa. It's all um, kind of like a different so drink. It's like, oh, yeah, I feel kind of like wine today. And then go, man, a gin and tonic would be so awesome. I want the bubbles. Yeah. I want the, the piney high end sort of feeling from it. Or, man, yeah. I just want a beer. I need a Sapporo beer, you know? Um, and so you kind of can feed your soul and go, man, I want a little of this. I want a little of that. And that's kind of what Sonic Tonic's about is going, man, everyone's frustrated. Everyone has problems, but everyone also has yeah. blessings. So if you, if you think about that and then go, but how can I get my mind right? <laughs> it's listening to awesome music. Find what you yeah. love, put on the headphones, sit down under a tree for five or 10 minutes listen to that breathe smile and i guarantee you you're going to feel better and you're not going to want to get a fight with somebody i mean there's there's a yeah. real peace element to music and i think we need to help spread spread the gospel with that right yeah i mean i i know i'm trying to think if i know anyone who says they don't like music <laughs> you know Every now and then there'll be the little, you know, sometimes I'll go in and teach elementary school or middle school and I try and make that point, do little clinics. Who here doesn't like music? There's always one or two kids who's got to say they hate music, whatever. But for the most part, everybody loves music. It contributes to every facet of life from, from going on a long drive to, to, to movies, to anything. There's a soundtrack to our lives. There's a soundtrack to every film. It makes it makes life, at least for me, you know, and uh, there's like, is it Sibelius that has that quote, like music begins where words fail or where words end? You know, I think about that a lot. The inexplicable parts of life are, are what we write songs about, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, who is the one that said something about, you know, get rid of all of the art and music to go off and fight war? Then no, we're not going to do that because what's the point of fighting the war? Um, yeah, that's that's such a good message. I think right now is going, man, the arts now are kind of shut down. Let's support those because we have to. That's what everyone's home doing. Listening to music, listening to Netflix. If you don't think music's important, play us a, a movie with the sound off and yeah. tell me how emotional it gets for you. It, it yeah. won't. So um like being aware that music is important, but you, it, to me and to all of us that are in this business, we chose to do it because it's what we love. So it takes a lot of courage to do that because we know that it's a tough business. But um, yeah. if you make enough to survive, you are fulfilled as a person. And I think you're a good person. If you have a 
30 seconds, you can spare a couple of dollars, you know. Uh, we're gonna push it to Gabe, help him um, get through this time. He's uh, he's out and playing a few live gigs now. What what does it look like? What are you thinking the next three or four months are gonna be like for you, Gabe? Well, um, I've been trying to just take things one day at a time. Cause it's like, the news is so intense right now. It changes so much from day to day that um, I know what things look like right now. I know that, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get to play again with, on, with small groups and uh, the rhythm sections are wearing their masks. And as a horn player, um, for any of those, for those of you who don't play an instrument, you know, uh, there was like a, I think it was the Vienna Philharmonic that made a video on how much air is actually coming out of this. Thing. Don't be afraid to come see us live. Cause if, even if I played my loudest note with as much air as possible, I couldn't even blow out a candle. That's how little air is coming out of this thing and how it's dispersed. It's still staying way within, well within the range of this six foot social distancing radius. Yeah. Um, so you're, we're not at risk of spreading it that way. And um, I'm just trying to be as respectful as I can to the social, to adhere to all the social restrictions that have been placed, but places like Nocturne, um, the Brown Palace Hotel, which I play at occasionally, um, Dazzle looks like things are starting to get going there in the same way. They're at 50% capacity. Everything's all spaced out. And I played at Nocturne last week. And... Uh, Man, it was the smallest but most appreciative crowd I think I've ever played for. Wow. People were just like, you know, you and I can relate. Like when you're playing your heart out and everyone's just talking. The whole crowd is just sitting there having a conversation. And But like I felt like I'd actually reached some people um, last week at Nocturne. And uh, I'm excited to get back in there. And I, I, think, I think we all have kind of hit a reset button in a few different ways and i definitely definitely am going to be grateful for some things i might have never even considered uh, after after living my life this way for the past few months and uh i'm yeah i i feel like i'm looking at things in a new light and i think some of those folks in the audience were too it's like even just you know you're talking about a great chef or great food I did a thing at Nocturne a couple of weeks back for a live stream and they provided us with some food afterwards. And I took one bite and I was like, wait, I've only had my home cooking for like two months. And this is the first time I'm getting to have a real chef's meal. And it was so amazingly good because I can cook like three things. So to actually get to have like a, a real fantastic meal and i think that like uh going back to what you were saying i think it relates to the music as well these people would just it's not the same listening to music on a stereo you know hearing live music is something to be appreciated and i think a lot of people are really grateful right now
you know, some days you're like, wow, this isn't so bad. Some days you're like, how could this be any worse? And it's up and down. And at the end of the day, I'm trying to not only enjoy the art, but enjoy the education that's coming out of this time. of this country or the history of music or the history of disease or any or politics whatever it is it's like man we're in a time of learning stuff I know now, if I had talked to me myself in January, I would like, I never thought I would be studying some of the things I've really been spending time getting into this past month because it's overwhelming. There's so much going on and, and maybe that's part of the music's role too, is to let you feel at peace for a moment during all this time. such a advocate for musicians and artists who are creating beauty they're creating they're not taking they're putting yeah. positivity out there and you're you're a classic case of that you're always out playing and um, I'm glad that it's starting to kind of shift now and and you're playing today at the Brown Palace yeah yeah it's uh, it's nice to be back out really and uh, like I said the folks I've, I've crossed paths with while it seems like on a global and a national level, there's so much altercation, polarization, and turmoil, the one-on-one -on -one interactions I've had with people in the last few weeks have been like really great, you know. So I feel like people are people are grateful and want to want to share the positivity right now. Gabe, thanks um, for all your time, and best of luck to you. Keep doing it. <laughs>